men aren't necessarily socialized or conditioned to be sharing and sharers it's not it's not the most common thing and it all depends on you know on so many different things like your family depends on your culture depends on um your early childhood experiences and um it's all of this stuff that happen and there's there's trauma that happens along the way all of that stuff and um all of these things are important to remember when we start to when we start to kind of you know point the finger at men and say you don't talk you don't talk you need to speak you need to speak that's alex holmes and this is episode 227 of in the moment with me alex manzi i'm a coach and this podcast is all about self-development and helping you to live a happier and more fulfilling life Each week, we hear the stories and tips from some of the most inspirational people in the world to help inspire you to make a positive change in your life. On this week's episode, I am joined by Alex Holmes, who is an author, emotional resilience coach and podcast host. And above all of that, he's a really good friend of mine and regular listeners to this podcast will be familiar with hearing him because I think this is his third or fourth time on the podcast, maybe. And this is a really exciting time because Alex's debut book, Time to Talk, is out now And it's all about how men think about love, belonging and connection. And I think it's really powerful because, you know, you guys all know from listening to me, from these episodes, that I'm really passionate about men and their mental health and masculinity and the conversations around that. Because I think although we're having a lot of really important conversations around mental health, I think the conversation around men in particular and masculinity is so powerful and it's so important because, you know, being a guy, I know what it's like for other guys and having to trying to deal with emotions and understand them when we've grown up in a society and a culture that has told us that having emotions isn't a good thing and that we have to be strong and we have to be this and sort of pigeonhole us in a lot of ways and in trying to navigate your way through that through life can be very difficult to be honest I've suffered with it a lot and I still do in many ways it's very difficult so to have this conversation today with with Alex about his book and the stories in his book from other men that he's spoken to either via his podcast or in person or you know private conversations and some of the lessons and learnings that have been shared in the book are just really wonderful to hear and, and this is a really deep open you know conversation between the two of us and sharing some of our own learnings and and lessons along the way along the path and what it means to be growing up as a man and, and trying to deal with all of these things like our emotions and our mental health and our feelings and trying to be vulnerable and open when like i said we're, we're kind of taught that we shouldn't be so during this conversation we also spoke about why men struggle to share their emotions why you shouldn't be ashamed of having emotions and speaking out to friends so the aim of this podcast is to inspire so if you like what you hear in this episode be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love but right now Let's jump straight in and hear from Alex. You all good? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm okay. I'm well. You're good. <laughs> so you've got a, a book which is out now. Um, How does it feel, mm. man? Surreal. I feel like I've spent nine months giving birth to this child and then doing up what Drake did and hiding this child from the world <laughs> until it was ready to be a part of a part of everything um yeah i'm 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 just happy that it's out there now and that people will be able to read it and um take what they need from it mm. you know like i'm just i'm interested to see where people are gonna go 
with these ideas. And um, yeah, man, I'm just excited. I'm 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 in a very excited space. Nice. So like, why now? Why why the book now? Why not? You know, in two years? Why not two years ago? Why why is now the time for you to to put pen to paper finally? You know. <sighs> I think any time that somebody writes a book and it comes out is the right time the book's supposed to be out. And um, I spent so many years accumulating all of this experience and this content um, to sit down and really say that this is the book I'm going to write. And now is the time. Like, I just feel like there's a huge um, universal shift that is happening at the moment. And in the time of writing it, we were literally in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. This time last year, I was like three months into writing this book. And um, it was tough, man. Like there was a collective grief. There was a personal grief that I was going through. There was like, we, I was locked. We were locked down. <laughs> like remember we did the show. Remember we did the recording, like literally at the same time about like, like quarantine conversations. Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on. Everybody was just shook and in their houses. <laughs> like, and um, I remember calling like at the earliest, in the early stages, it's like the mental health issue at the back of this is going to be so big mm. and I just started just watching like how men were going to cope with all of this because all of the stuff that we've been told that we are and what and what our worth is and all of the things that they expected that they expect of us was kind of shifted and turned on its head overnight because of a global pandemic that came and really said that you can't go out to work, you can't um, go out and socialise, you can't go out and date, you can't do all of this, what are you doing? Like, stay mm. at home. And we had to really reckon with ourselves. You can't go and beat your body up in the gym. You can't do all of that. So you've got to stay at home and really reckon with yourself. And it's just been a crazy, crazy year um, since then. So yeah why now I'm just like if not now when <laughs> and um, the conversation is only going to get more and more intense as we go you know and um, I'm just happy that I managed to get the stories down that I did at the time and into the book mm. I think it's, yeah. it's so interesting isn't it because like when you when you reflect back like that the first thing that comes to my mind when you're like well we went into lockdown last year and obviously, like, you know, there's so many amazing themes in the book to do with, like, men and mental health and just the way that men have been taught to approach life, right? And, but, like, reflecting back over the last 12 months, it's almost like, well, this 12 months, you know, you started the book at the perfect time because we did get locked down. So it was like, yeah. you almost had the chance to really, like, throw your all into the writing and not have all of the other distractions of like going out and you know the things that you're saying like the datings and the this and the that and just like bro <laughs> i really wanted to just go to like barcelona or something and sit there and and be super pretentious with my laptop and be like i'm writing a book by the beach and then take a picture of my feet and the laptop or something <laughs> stupid um the pandemic humbled me <laughs> so yeah I hear what you're saying, um, but it's just like you. It just it really means you had to you had to really focus. I mean, there's so much, right? Like you know, this much as anybody, writing a book is not the easiest thing. 
but also like creating content and creating things mm. sometimes when we have these huge distractions it's like it's just sometimes you know what in those early stages i cannot lie to you it was so peaceful just being at home mm. and just saying i don't have to go i don't i can't go anywhere i don't have to that was that was the best thing i had things to do literally i had things to do so <laughs> yeah oh man look i think like first of all i just want to off the back congratulate you man because it's it's honestly it's such a huge achievement like you know and I've been on the other side of that when you've been working on something and you know I, I wrote my book in a slightly different way to you I didn't sit down and write it from scratch I kind of pulled bits of writing together but it's just that achievement of like you know putting it all down to paper like organizing it all and like your your book is like so well laid out as well with like little different parts to it and sections and ends to the mm. chapters and the way it's structured like I just yeah I think it's a it's a huge achievement man it's, it's honestly thank like you, really man. I'm really like I knew it was gonna be good but I'm super impressed anyway thank you man I really appreciate that yeah and I think like just just the themes of the book man I think there's it touched so much of me as well because you know as as a guy growing up you know how we've grown up with with you know like social media and then like the social pressures and stuff mm-hmm. it's just I just find it so powerful that like being able to write a book like that is acceptable in a way does that make sense do you know what i mean it's like it's like it it feels like 10 years ago a book like this would not have been received as well as this one will be yeah um you're absolutely right 10 years ago when we were in school there was never a conversation well, I know for me, I can't speak for you, but I'm assuming our experiences were quite similar mm. being in London and whatnot, but conversations around mental health, I never, I, I don't remember what, I don't remember there ever being a conversation around those two words put together, like never. And at uni, I became a bit more aware of it, but again, there was no conversation around it. So yeah, 10 years ago, show my age now but 10 years ago um i i don't think um this would have it would have been a real real pioneer because it's like nobody was talking about mental health in that way back then um but definitely like i feel like it would have it would have still been an important thing to have um i think that with regards to this book though it was more like I wanted to make sure that I got the anecdotes mm. um, because it's not a diagnostic book. I don't, I don't diagnose, there's nothing to diagnose with people in there. It was literally just speaking to several men about what they think about love, belonging and connection and just kind of broken that down into chapters. And it's a very vulnerable book. And, um, yeah, like and 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 through that, you you start to understand different elements of mental health and well being. Um, I mean, among men, but it's not like here's the mental health book. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, all right, like what what do these guys think about love? <laughs> Let's have a look. Or what do these guys think about self acceptance, self forgiveness? And and then it's just like it's just a it's just another slice of the conversation. You know, another part of the conversation that isn't always talked about mm. um so yeah yeah and I, do you know the, the thing that really jumped out to me was like the 
the kind of sections like the, the the themes that you've kind of covered right it's like they're so on point with like what us as guys go through it's like there's the authenticity side there's like being vulnerable you know um living up to other people's perceptions the inner critic love there's like so many like but for you like what did you have one of those that was like harder to write or harder to like get yourself into than than others yeah man um i think the hardest thing to write was the vulnerability one and the book is the most <laughs> is, is is literally about vulnerability and the reason it was hard to write the vulnerability one is because i was coming out of us really i was coming through um a really painful loss and um it was like it was so difficult because it was it was so current and present but then also i had to start thinking about the friendships I'd lost, like the relationships that had kind of broken down, like all of that stuff, I, they all came flooding back to me and it just all happened at once. And then I had to speak to other men about it as well. So then it became a, oh, I'm dealing with this stuff and now I've got to ask you how you're dealing with this stuff. And it was just a lot on me. Um, it was so hard. It was so hard. And, um, I just, yeah, it was, it was such a difficult chapter, which is, I kind of, I think I wrote that one last mm. because I just thought I can't even get my head around some of the stuff right now, because if I go into it, I'm going to be an emotional wreck. Um, and I think that the moment that I got to it at the end for the last bit, I said, okay, I think I'm ready now having gone through all of the other stuff and the other processes, it was kind of easy to get there. And um, yeah, but it was very tough mm. thinking about the people that had died and thinking about the, 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 my, the people that were really close to me. And it was just, it was a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, that was one of the hardest ones to write. Yeah. Which is quite iconic, uh, not iconic, ironic because like you said, the book's about vulnerability and then like being vulnerable to write about vulnerability becomes hard and yeah. I find that this but there's so much power in that you know like and, and you know knowing you quite well and like quite personally mm -hmm. as well I think the stories the personal stories that you've shared in that book I you know a lot of those I didn't even know myself so it's like really powerful to see you open up about that because I know as well like you're you're you know you're quite private about stuff in a way right mm -hmm. you, know, we, you know we all are really yeah and that level of vulnerability i think is really powerful and it's like i think it goes to show people that it's okay to really like be open and vulnerable about stuff like especially yeah. guys that like we we all go through it you know we all go through it we all have stuff to deal with we all have things on our plate we all deal with things mm -hmm. but if you're not able to be open and vulnerable about them then you're never really gonna be able to get to the bottom of what is causing you that conflict or that pain or whatever i needed coaching don't get me wrong it wasn't like i just woke up one day and i thought all right vulnerability let's go mm. like um i was in therapy i've been in therapy since 2017 and i obviously sat down to write this book really write it in 2020 so i had had three years of work that I had done, I had to be okay with my story. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to really be, be okay. Um, and I think 
what I am trying to say in this is that everything is a process and we have to take our time to get to these places. Men aren't necessarily socialized or conditioned to be sharing and sharers. It's not it's not the most common thing. Um, and it all depends on, you know, on so many different things like your family, depends on your culture, depends on um, your early childhood experiences. And um, it's all of this stuff that happen. And there's, there's trauma that happens along the way, all of that stuff. And um, all of these things are important to remember when we start to we start to kind of, you know, point the finger at men and say, you don't talk, you don't talk, you need to speak, you need to speak. And if for, what, 15 years of the of the of of a boy's life, he has been told to, what, man up, don't feel emotion, don't cry, you know, um, don't share when you're upset, don't, you know, don't do anything. And then they get to 40 and they're not speaking because they don't, they don't trust themselves with it. Um, and then, you know, all of, all sorts of stuff happen between, you know, uh, like us, you know, as I wrote, suicide is the leading killer among men under 45. And it's just one of those, one of those things. It's a, it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge and broad question. And there's so much that we need to really start to address as a society, as a community, as kind of, as men among men, um, that we need to kind of like sit down and really take a stand and say, look, this can't go on the way that the way that it's going on, you know, like women shouldn't have to be scared to walk home after seeing their friends at night. No one should have to be scared to walk home, but women specifically shouldn't have to be scared to walk home at night. Children shouldn't be scared to go to school, mm. walking to school. Um, and a large amount of these issues are caused by men a lot of the fear out there and mm. it's because there's a lot of men out there who can't regulate emotionally who can't um express can't do anything and are really struggling under this this societal ideation as to what being a man is you know so and unfortunately they take it out on the weakest people mm. and that's what I want to stop and so do you feel then that by, you know, guys being able to take on some of the lessons and some of the wisdom that you've shared and, you know, that we that we talk about in general anyway, even off mic, mm. do you feel that by guys being able to take that on, it will help, I don't want to use the word solve, but like help alleviate some of the wider societal issues that, are, like you said, are caused by men? It will contribute, I think. And I'm not sure about solving because there's this whole thing that mm. guys want to do is just fix stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm not sure about solving things, but, you know. Um, but I know that it will contribute to a conversation. And I think that that's something because once you, contribute, once you find the conversation, you have the conversation, you find the common ground, you then can start building on stuff, you know? Once we recover from the the traumas that we really have been um, kind of subject to for most of for most of our lives, man, woman, whoever, growing up in this time, um, once we recover from that, we can 
we start to rebuild ourselves back up again. And I think that there is a space now that we're kind of heading to where a lot of men are really reckoning with that. They're going, and we're going to, we're going to see a lot um, in the next few years post this pandemic and whatever's happening here. And um, we're going to see a lot. And a lot of men are going to need to recover from certain things, certain experiences they're experiencing at home, at work, in just in the world at this time. And it's how about, is how we build up and we build up from there. Mm. That allows us to then reconnect with ourselves and with one another, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of that just comes down to like, and you kind of touched on it earlier, is about just mm. being okay with your story. It's like we fight so hard sometimes against... You know, when you don't feel right, you fight against it because, like, well, I'm a guy. I shouldn't feel like this. I shouldn't feel emotional. I shouldn't feel sad. Like, I'm supposed to be the strong one. I'm supposed to be, you know, I should be, I should be, I should be. All of these shoulds. And we fight so much against that and not being able to kind of delve in and really understand our story. And I know, like, that's that's where I was at. Like, when I was, like, in a really bad place, is like, I was struggling to actually understand and be okay with my own story. Mm-hmm. So like for you going through your journey and, you know, you touched on, on being in therapy for kind of three years leading into the book. Like what was that journey like with like being okay with your own story and like how your life is playing out? Yeah, man. Very hard. Very hard. A lot of tears. A lot of a lot of recovery man mm. like I came off social media I don't even remember this I just off I was just off social <laughs> like for ages and I was just like I just need to be back in the world again I need to be outside ironically now looking at what's <laughs> happening but I need to be outside. I need to kind of be with nature. And that's really such a strange thing to say, isn't it? I need to be with nature and it should be but, as natural but, as but, just going outside. Yeah, but is you know is I mean? that a strange thing? That's that's like one of the points, right? It shouldn't be a strange thing to say. It shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a strange thing to say. This is what I mean. It shouldn't be a strange thing to say. But if you think about it, as humans in such a built up community and society, why do we need to be in nature? We just need to be like let's just step outside and because our natural selves we it's like human humanity and nature is kind of one thing mm. in, a, in a in a way and so i needed to be outside and i needed to kind of um really kind of get to grips with the wider the wider context of the world and i went into deep spirituality um and i really kind of went there and i you know meditations and um, affirmations and a lot of different stuff and then I just began to really care about myself again after a series of like you know kind of boundaryless friendships and um, boundaryless relationships that like at home and just personally and you know living a very lonely existence feeling kind of emotionally battered like all the time and drained um, and ill and sick 
and I had to just kind of sit back and say, look, I need to care about myself. I need to look after myself, you know, like literally I would, I would always envisage myself as like that old man who was like, you know, he was in bed and needed soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's all I wanted. I just wanted to just be warm, we wrapped up and be well fed. <laughs> um, and then you just steady start to take them out of the house again. And, you know, like just that granddad that's next to you. That's just like, oh, mm. just trying to creep up the road with you sort of stuff. Um, it was very hard. And um, I had to get comfortable with stuff. I had to get comfortable with, with being uncomfortable with new things and myself, to be honest. And, um, yeah, like, it was a huge process, man. Mm. It was a huge process. And I'm glad for every moment of it. And I don't think if I, ne- like, I don't think if I, I've always said to myself, like, if I didn't, you know, go into therapy at that time, um, because I, was, I, had, I came off the back of a series of breakdowns um, at work, and um, and as I said, a lot of my friendships were ending very badly <laughs> um, to the point where I thought I was a huge problem. Um, and uh, a lot, there was a lot of pain everywhere. Um, and I, I just think to myself, I don't know if I hadn't kind of taken the, made the decision to go to, to therapy and sit down and say, all right, let's talk about some stuff. I need help. Like, I have no one to talk to and I need you, my therapist, to do that, mm. <laughs> to, to work with me on this stuff. If I hadn't taken that step, then I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I know for a fact that I wouldn't be here um, in this space anyway. Um, and I wouldn't be kind of looking to, to train as one, as a therapist, and I wouldn't be coaching, and I wouldn't have written the book, and it would have been a, just a continuous painful cycle just to continue down so you know the book is like while it's a while it's got men at the center of it it's really a manifesto for for choice Mm. um and really just saying look like you have a lot of choices um at your disposal and you need to be able to kind of make those choices and if you don't make those choices, then you have to obviously live with whatever, because we make millions of decisions each day. But there's certain choices that we make and there's certain things that, and when we don't make certain ones, we have to be, you know, mature enough or resilient enough to deal with the consequences of what that means to not have made those choices, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like... <laughs> I think that that whole angle of like, even even what you're saying there of like, you know, going to therapy, choosing to go to therapy because you had no one to talk to, mm-hmm. just, it's crazy, isn't it? When you think about it, it's like, how, how can someone feel like they don't have anyone to talk to openly, you know? And it's like, it pains me so much to see so many guys fall into that bracket because like even... Even got, I think that there's there's a couple of stories in the book. I can't I can't remember exactly the guy's name. He was like an Italian guy. I think it was Daniele, Italian Daniele. guy, and yeah. he kind of like really opened up to his partner, and he felt like he was being a real burden on her. Mm. And I think the really powerful thing for that I took from that story is that actually he wasn't. It actually made their bond sh- stronger from her perspective. And I feel like we Absolutely. we feel like by putting our 
by opening up the way we feel or what's going on in our mind, even if sometimes we don't even know how to talk about it. And that's, mm. I want to come back to that because I think that's part of the problem in itself is we don't know how. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. by acting on that and actually speaking to someone, it mm. actually makes our bond with that person stronger because we now they now understand us better. They now understand us. And, and it's like... There was um, another story, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I got a similar vibe from it. So actually by, by talking, by discussing something with someone, you're just opening your your relationship up with that person. Yeah. You are opening up just by talking and having those conversations and really tapping into vulnerability. And the reason why we think it's a burden is because it's we're not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've literally been taught not to do that. <laughs> when you go to the gym for like the first time and you start doing a bench press and the next day you breathe in just gently and your chest <laughs> is doing, ah! <laughs> you know that feeling of not having been for the gym, to the gym for ages and your body has just been like, well, well, damn, what are you yeah. doing now? Like, this is long. But over time, you build on that and it becomes easier and, well, not easier, it becomes, the, the pain becomes better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a way. And um, when it comes to vulnerability um, and opening up, it's the, the, the there's, there's so much attached to that because, because vulnerability, attached to vulnerability is risk. mm Right, and there are people who are happy with risk in general. They will gamble. They they will, you know, they will invest. They will do whatever they they can. They'll put something new out there. That's all vulnerable stuff. But um, on the on a deep emotional level, like really trusting somebody else with your deep emotional stuff, is a huge risk because they can always say no. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to engage in that. You know, but then because it's an it's an invitation, isn't it? Yeah, but then surely, and and my my kind of approach to this is always like, well, if that is the case, if someone doesn't accept your invitation for you to, you know, be open with them, then you know mm. you have the question like, is that really someone that you want in your life? Because if you feel if you're not if you're not feeling like you can be yourself around people, then mm you know, how much of that is coming from you and how much of that is coming from them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to, and you know, what I've noticed is that it's not necessarily, it's, it's how much is it, how much is coming from them, but we also have to remember that when we start to consider how, how much, like some people aren't ready to to take on or hold space with somebody, you know? Some people really aren't ready to do that. They don't know how. And um, it's because, you know, you you might have had some of these friends or these family members or somebody who will listen to somebody's, you know, emotional stuff and take it on as Mm -hmm. their own and absorb that and really get hunkered down with all of that stuff that somebody else has because they feel that, that's something that they need to take on. But then there's also, on the other hand, there's people that just think, I just don't want to even engage in 
that because I don't like the feelings that it shows up for myself. I don't want to have to do that. And, um, and which is absolutely fundamentally their right to be able to do that. But the where the problem is, is the communication in that. It's the way that we react to stuff and the way that we really engage in kind of matters of the heart and personal matters. It's as sophisticated as we are as humans, it's not as sophisticated as we as as we would love it to be among men. So it becomes quite challenging mm. a lot of the time to be able to really explore and understand where we're coming from just emotionally and be able to just, you know, really trust somebody with that risk that you're risking. You know, you're like, all right, so I'm putting myself on the table here. What 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 am I gonna get in return? Mm. Sort of thing. You know, what how much how much will I lose? Yeah. You know? So I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode to let you know that my book, The Search for Clarity, is now also available as an audiobook. The audio is completely narrated by me, and the book shares my biggest learnings and lessons that have helped me to live a happy and fulfilling life. And in it, I share plenty of stories and tips on how you can do the same. The audiobook is now available via Audible, and physical copies can be bought at thedreamersdisease.co.uk forward slash clarity. And if you use the code on that website, podcast20, you'll get 20% off your order. But right now, let's jump straight back in to this week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear then, like, what, how did you approach those conversations with your friends? Because I know from like my personal perspective, I just got to a point where I just didn't care what they thought anymore. I honestly, like some of my closest friends, I just, I remember we were sat down, we met up before a football match before going to the Arsenal, we sat down, we'd gone to, for a uh, drink in the pub and I just opened up about, you know, not not in like a really like, this is how I'm feeling, this has been going on, but I just started talking to them about what I'd been dealing with and, you know, and they were then mm. asking questions about it. I just, I just got to a point where I was like, I actually don't care what they think about it because I want to tell them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, do you remember, do you remember <laughs> the day we became friends? <laughs> yeah. The day we became friends, yeah. <laughs> literally, do you know why? And do you know why I remember that? It's because I literally was like, I literally messaged you and said, I would like to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is one of the most vulnerable things that someone could really ask another person, regardless of, you know, embarking on some kind of relationship, whether that be friendship or romantic or whatever. You start, you start by doing and really just putting it out there and also managing how you react when the answer isn't necessarily what you expect it to be. Mm, yeah. So it's like what you've just said. It's like you didn't care whether they... I know that in a way, that's kind of like, okay, so you're going to tell them everything and then they're going to have to just handle that in whatever way they want to. But if they said, no, 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 we don't want to hear that now. It's about how... It's also about how you react to that situation as well. So this is why, and I, I, as a coach, I do a lot of emotional resilience stuff um, to really kind of help people understand how to react in these ways, build people up to a point where they can react um, to these kind of conversations. 
and things of that nature because a lot of the time we 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 embark, we end up in turbulence is because we of the way that we react to stuff and mm. we've had this conversation before with regards to thinking and thoughts yeah and how we do all of that and this that conversation resonates with me all the time every time you pop up on my insta page or we message each other i'm like thinking thoughts thinking thoughts <laughs> like alex is gonna like come for me for doing all of this stuff but it's like it's right it's also kind of just the way that we react to things is so important the way that we channel um a lot of our um emotional responses mm. really instigates the nature of stuff and then also how we repair them comes to so how we have those conversations is we start how we continue to have those conversations and react to things when we when we don't receive what we expect nor want not necessarily want to hear but receive what what we want because a lot of the time it's about asking for what you want I want to be consoled I want to be supported and if you don't get that then okay then what do I do now where do I go from here obviously this place is not the place for me um so yeah and in the story with Daniele um he thought he'd be a burden he brought it to her he said he said she said <laughs> you know they exchanged what they exchanged and they um and they came back and they're like, all right, cool, we're stronger because I needed this. You provided it. You should. We showed up. You showed up for me. Mm. We became like we're stronger for that now. I feel supported. Our love deepens. Um, we continue. You know. Yeah, and I, th- I think the continuing part's like so. I think it's the hardest part because. Like, I'm really good at just being quite open from the bat now. Like, I'm super, like, if, you, you know, if you don't want to take me for face value for what I am, then cool. Like, that's that's your decision. I'm cool with that. And if you're cool with that, then we're cool. But, like, I find when you, when you have that conversation, particularly with, like, a friend or, like, a loved one or a partner, and you open that conversation, we can mm-hmm. still regress into this idea of, like, well, I've, that, it's like I've ticked the box on that now. I don't have to do it again. Instead of con- being able to feel like, there's a level of comfort to um, to continue having that conversation and like building upon it and laying it down as a foundation and as as almost like a a benchmark of like what conversations can be like in terms of how you're feeling or what you're dealing with and you know I think it's just that that can be the hardest part because I know I still experience that like even with my like my friends and my girlfriend and stuff I'm just I'm not fully as open as i was when like i first started talking about stuff with them i I kind of regress into like a oh i don't i don't want to burden them kind of mindset again and it's like it's so hard sometimes to go on that path and continue that conversation because it can feel like it's you know we're always bringing i don't know negative stuff to the table or like emotional stuff to the table um, I don't know if you've experienced similar in your relationships, but that that's definitely something that I find a challenge still. You know, the last chapter in the book is about love and I've never been in love. And I was just, and that was like the first line of that chapter. Yeah. And I was just like, I read that recently the other day. I was like, well, damn, keep reminding me then. Um, so when it comes to the depth of, of a romantic relationship 
I very transparently just haven't been able to touch that in a way because I've had to really learn how to where it comes from within me before that because I want I've, I've always been one of them guys that's been like I want to be able to tap that space in myself so I know exactly what I need for me mm-hmm. and then I know what I can bring for others and I know that getting into those kind of you know even in friendships and in romantic relationships I know that for myself I want to show up so when it comes to my friends and my you know future romantic relationships I want to I will and I do show up for them you know I put myself in that space because I know that that's what I do for myself because I am I had to start here um in my in my heart because there's like it's like operating in an overdraft and just kind of like consistently not meeting the the the, the positive balance cuz you're giving so much away and um but tapping into that and you know but bringing bringing all of that stuff to the table and and worrying that it's going to be too negative that's just that's just the shame that comes with the masculinity question slash problem mm. um that's the shame that comes with it we are so ashamed about even having emotions that we worry that they're too burdensome for other people who have emotions <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like when we have mood swings and things of that nature like what because we're not we're not regulating our our emotions properly so we're just out here just moving mad <laughs> and it's like why are you move, why are you acting like this <laughs> and it's like oh because i'm angry because i'm angry well you're actually sad and scared and frightened as well there are all of these different things that are there you're anxious maybe and um it's about kind of channeling all of that and really kind of bringing it home <laughs> and just being able to say okay cool and sitting with that you know i've been angry this week and i really had to sit down with that and kind of work with that for the past four days, five days. Because I really had to sit with that anger and be like, okay, so I can actually actively say I'm angry mm-hmm. and acknowledge the anger and sit with anger and not have to take it out on anybody. You know, I can just be like, all right, cool. Like, because, but I mean, <laughs> there were times I slipped back into, you know, energy self. I was just like, ah, but... I had to really kind of sit down and really think, all right, cool. Like what is actually going on here? It's anger. It's mixed with a bit of, you know, anxiety. mixed with a bit of fear. It's huge changes happening in my life. It would make sense <laughs> for that to happen. Real, cha- really challenging, really challenging, <laughs> really channeling and challenging. Those emotions are important because it helps us. It gives us information about where we are at mentally yeah and it's, it's it's like for me i think the accepting thing is like where a lot of the magic happens because we you know like what you're saying there is you've been angry this week so you've had to really be with that anger and be okay with the fact that you're angry like because it is just one of our emotions it's just one of a huge spectrum of emotions that we feel and i feel mm. like you know, I think people do this in general, but I think particularly guys is like we we suppress certain emotions within ourselves 
because we we don't want to be okay with them because we're kind of taught or we've been shown or you know society has told us that it's not okay to have those emotions it's not okay to be angry it's not okay to be sad it's not you know whatever it is right and then so we struggle to accept it because we've been told that it's something it's like a poison chalice like you can't go near it but actually it's like when you sit with it and you really learn to accept what the emotion is and be okay with having that emotion whether it's happiness or sadness or anger or joy or love or hate like be okay with it and then from the moment that you become okay with it that emotion that feeling subsides by itself because you're kind of like instead of pushing it away you're kind of taking it into your arms like okay cool well let's hang out for a bit let's like let's see what's going on here and then it's like you become friends with the emotion and then it's like it doesn't seem so scary anymore yeah what's the scariest emotion for you oh man that's a great question i think um no man i I think i think for me i I, if i'm totally raw and open i think um a sense of sadness because i always um associate the sadness to the darkness that i felt when i was very depressed and like having a fear of slipping back into that state and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that i'm you know some high buddha who can meditate all day and be at peace with myself all day like I, i slip into those that mm. darkness momentarily throughout days throughout weeks sometimes throughout months yeah. but it's being okay with it and not having the fear of actually slipping right into it and being okay with it so yeah i think yeah. That I, I make that association how about yourself i enjoy i enjoy sadness um i don't enjoy, i don't enjoy being sad there's two things i enjoy sadness though mm-hmm. um i think I think there's something again you can learn so much from sadness because it's it's usually just about like it's like remorse isn't it mm. and um a lot of kind of different uh the, the way we kind of reshape our memories and what we think about our present situation our past situation and and in the future I guess the one that, the emotion that frightens me hmm the emotion that frightens me the most I guess for a long time it was anger for a long time it was anger because I didn't understand anger I didn't like what it was doing you know it was a lot of it was quite destructive mm. um, and it was it, it didn't seem like a productive part of human life it just seemed like rah anger yeah. <laughs> it was like dashing stuff and breaking things but lately, I think fear is one. Fear and anxiety—they, they are the—they're the ones that creep me out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> because you never know. Um, you never really like the, the fears go so deep. They go so deep. You always you, you when you think you're over over one fear, another one comes. <laughs> or something and um, yeah fear would be something I, I, I struggle with um, but it's also something that helps kind of spur courageousness you know it really just helps you kind of really because that's the definition of courage doing it despite the fear yeah <laughs> you know so how, how do you 
face up to the fear now then when you feel that setting in how do you like just face up to it and, and flip it into to courage I put fear in a room lock lock him in there and say alright here's some crackers and water don't don't come out for like 24 hours we'll deal with you in 24 hours um, I just really kind of I, I, I hone in on the task I suppose I just if I if I feel like the if I feel like what I'm doing is of value and is of any good like every day I wake up like I'm fearful of something um, especially with this book coming out there's a lot of fear there you know and it's you know but I also have to look at it and be like I have to believe in the stuff that you're doing you can acknowledge the fear but it's just like alright cool so the fear's there now alright so yeah we have a bit of an anxiety towards this but like what are we gonna but what does that tell us what is that telling us about it and for me fear always kind of an anxiety and kind of like a, a really weird nervousness always tells me that something something good is on the on the brink but we just don't know what is coming sort of thing so I try to channel it that way obviously if I was in the dark in a forest by myself and there were like um, there were like night wolves and stuff coming then yeah I'm shook <laughs> like, I found then yeah I'm shook um, but outside of that yeah man I just I just try my best yeah I think it's like I always see like every emotion as an indicator it's like fear There's something yeah it's like an indicator that there's something beyond it that you're going to be really excited about. Anger, there's something that is clearly worrying you. Happiness, there's something that's obviously you care about or excitement. They're always like an indicator into like what's going on. But I think like the important thing that I've realised is how how little we actually have to attach to those emotions. Like it's just an emotion. It's literally just something that you feel that is randomly generated because of a thought that you've had about something and that is it and like when you can like I guess lean into that and understand it you kind of go hmm okay that's interesting because now I just see it as well it's just an emotion it's just a feeling it's cool like I can be I can be with that I don't know I do see what you're saying the only issue I have with that is to say it is just an emotion I don't know why. I think, like, to just acknowledge it for what it is, just say, oh, it is an emotion. It is where we're at now. I don't like... I, I wouldn't want to dismiss them. Um, I wouldn't want to let them consume me. Mm. That's yeah. it. I think there's a difference, though. It's not... It, there's a difference between dismissing something and seeing it for what it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely sitting back and saying, okay, okay. So, this is anger. All right, <laughs> what do we do now, sort of thing. Um, it's not easy, absolutely not. Um, and I wouldn't kind of profess it to be a very simple and easy thing for anyone to do. It takes a lot of time. It still takes me time. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that really kind of just, just tapping in really tapping into self and aligning your core values 
with so many different things, like just aligning your core values, um, so many different things distracting you, sorry. Um, aligning your core values just to yourself can really keep you keep you grounded in that way. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So then I, I want to go back to, to, to the book because I noticed mm-hmm. that obviously a lot of the topics in it are stuff that we, you know, we've, we've covered here. It's very open. It's very vulnerable. It's very much yeah. about how guys can firstly understand themselves better and secondly, how they can learn to be with that so that they can be a better version of themselves, but also for the people in their lives. And there's a bit right at the very end, which I think is actually in the acknowledgements um, where you mention your nephews and want in the book to wanting them to, 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 to almost take on the lessons from the book. Why is that such an important um, like message for you in terms of like impacting younger people as well? Because they're the men that are going to be a part of the way this world runs when we're gone quite frankly, like we can have all of these conversations, we can do the work and stuff. Um, but they're the, they're the ones that are taking up the mantle from us when we say, it's, you know, here, take it. Or when they come to us and say, look, we're ready, let's go. Like you did this so that we can kind of take it now. You can't run too fast right now. You need to sit down. They need to, that's what that's what that's what they that's what they're gonna that's what I would want for them to come and do, and um, I would want them to kind of be able to have something that they can look at and say, actually, I don't feel right about this. Something here doesn't feel right, and they can pick something up like that and say, all right, cool. Here's why it doesn't feel right. Boom. Okay. This makes sense. I'm not alone here. I'm not alone in this world. I, 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 I'm not weird. I'm very normal. Well, nothing wrong with being weird, but you know, but like there's, um, but I'm not like, I'm not an oddity (laughs) because I think, because I'm a man and I, feel things you know mm-hmm. um yeah this is and the future generation you know like as i say like i want there to be i want it to be a world where kids can literally just walk out the road and just enjoy being outside learn to be with one another without there having to be a fear of one another and yeah super important yeah so what message would you would you give to them then like right now if you if you could sit them down and you know give them a message that would really i guess stay with them for the rest of their lives what what would that be ready is better than rushed that is a that is something that I will run with all the way to my very end. Ready is better than rushed. So take your time with all of this stuff. We are all in a process. You don't have to hit the ground running as soon as, you know, as soon as you, you know, you exit the womb, you got to be so on it, like, baby. <laughs> like, no, 
you're going to go through your processes and stuff. It's going to be, it's going to, your, your life is a series of lessons and encounters and things. And I'm hoping that there's a team of emotionally aware and available people available to help you <laughs> and support you through this journey. So ready is better than rushed. Um, another thing is literally it's okay to not be okay. And that is a very, very worn out phrase. So I apologize to people if that's, if that's not what you wanted to hear, but it is okay to not be okay. And, um, it's from those, from that point on that you, that you can start doing the healing and really acknowledging some stuff. Um, and really, really forgive your parents, man. Like, I know that a lot of parents, you know, the story that parents have with their kids is different, depends and varies with different people. And I know that it's hard sometimes to forgive parents for certain things. So whoever this is talking to right now, like, just really just bear with me, but really forgive them. They really really don't know what they're doing <laughs> like neither do we if we don't know what what we're doing i really dare dare to ask what what parents think they're doing cuz most of the time they're just winging it <laughs> mm. and really learning and with this and and with the tools that we've been given okay i i don't know like it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy so yeah that's something to those three things. Ready is better than rushed. It's okay to not be okay. And forgive your parents. Yeah, and I think I think on the parents thing, it's like, you know, understanding, like you said, they, they, they weren't, no one's taught them how to be a parent and how to, you know, raise little people, how to help little people be, you know, emotionally open or vulnerable or, you know, learn to embrace their authentic selves up because they, you know, not maybe not all parents, but more often than not didn't have that learning for themselves as they were growing up. And I, and I think one of the things that I, really plays on my mind a, a lot during my this journey that I'm on is like, if I'm not doing this for me, just think about my future kids who I am doing this for because mm. that all of this work and all of this, you know, making myself under, you know, understand my emotions and my thinking and stuff is just knowledge and wisdom that I can pass on to like future generations, be it my kids, be it someone else's kids, be it friends, kids, be it little nephews or cousins or whatever it is. It's like we really have a power in our hands now to shape how the future generations grow up in this world. And I think if, if, it seems like a hard task to do it for yourself, then just think of the future generations. Think of your future kids or your kids if you've got them now. Like, I think that makes everything so kind of worth it and it makes it so, like, much more inspiring to go on that journey for yourself so that you can actually mm. pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Absolutely right. So... 
one thing that really I really enjoyed in the book, right, is a little. It was a kind of little throwaway thing, but I thought it was really interesting. I'd like I'd love to hear more about it. It's like there's a there's a bit where you're talking about. Um, I think it was when you're in uni and you started going to the gym and working out quite a lot. You kept mm-hmm. an emotional journey, a journal, to keep check of how you were feeling and why you were doing things. Um, <laughs> can you can you share a little about that? Like what. What was it? What was the purpose of it? What did you get from it? It was the universe telling me that emotionality is going to be what you're going to be working on. <laughs> so you need to start now. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was going to the gym for the right reasons. As soon as I began to feel bad... I had to check out. And when when you say feel bad, what do you mean? Feel guilty for not looking the way I want to look, for not 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 going because I feel like there's a there's a certain amount of discipline that you need. But um, as soon as I started to feel like I like I was. I think I started to turn the critical eye onto myself and start really criticizing the way I looked. Oh, your shoulders aren't strong enough and they're not round enough. Or your pecs aren't X, Y, Z. You have no six pack. You have no core. Like your legs are weak. All this stuff. As soon as I started doing all of that, I had to check out because I then wasn't in there for the right reasons. The right reasons for me, I had to kind of establish this from the beginning, Mm -hmm. was to feel good. And then that would enable me to then look good. You know, I had to, I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to keep myself fit, keep myself active and challenge myself. And um, none of it, none of that included self-criticism and deep self-hatred. None of that included that. Because obviously when you go into the gym and you look at other people who are further along than you with completely different body types, you know, better nutritional regimes than you. Because, <laughs> again, at that point, I had no understanding of what that was. Mm-hmm. I just went to the gym and thought, okay, if I just bang out gym, quote mm-hmm. unquote, and um, eat loads, then I'll be fine. No, like, if I went there and saw people like that, I would feel very stressed about myself. Because I'd be like, wow, wow, like, I'm not doing this. I'm not like that. I don't feel this, you know, all of that stuff. So you st- and I said, that's just not the way I want to feel. That's not how I want to feel when I go to the gym. That's not who I want to be. I want to be somebody who goes into the gym, fairly confident, <laughs> and comes out more confident. <laughs> I don't want to go in there and have to worry about what other people are looking at me lift because I should be lifting more you know, or all of this stuff. I don't want to have to deal with that. Because as soon as the shame starts to get in, ingrained in that, you start going to the gym for the wrong reasons. You start trying to please other people for everything that you're doing there. And that wasn't something that I wanted to, to do. That's not who I wanted to be. So that's what caused my uh, back and forth, my up and down <laughs> of my yo-yo gym, my yo-yo gymming, my yo-yo exercising. Because I found that I wasn't putting myself in a safe space. 
I didn't feel safe in those places. I just felt as if I was consistently being watched. I was criticizing myself and it wasn't helping. Mm. So um, I made sure that the journal was there because it kept, it kept, it kept me in check with my emotional state going there. And yeah, it's super important to me. Yeah. And, and what, what kind of thing would you would you put in the journal like what would be the you know overall kind of message of what you wanted to you know keep in check for yourself it was typically how I journal today it was just a I just would write about how I felt before I went to the gym how I felt after and then kind of assess that at the end of the week and write at the end of the week and um, have a look and see and in that time I was quite naive I suppose I wanted everything to go one way so this is what when I was 20 21 everything to go one way everything had to be perfect it had to be a great day like one to seven Mm. there had to be seven ticks yeah (laughs) Um, okay today was a great day today was a great day I wasn't mature enough to understand that there were going to be bad days and I wasn't mature enough to understand there were going to be negative days it's again it's how you rebound from that how do you take the negative days and learn for the next one so you know now like as in flash forward to 2021 Mm. I've been doing this wellness challenge with my friend, a few of my friends, and I've been hitting the mat each morning or doing some piece of movement each morning. So whether that be walking um, each morning, but I'd be doing some sort of form of exercise. So it's more likely yoga at this stage. Um, And I just do it. And I know there's going to be some bad days, and there have been some bad days where I've just been like, I don't want to to do that. <laughs> but a key part of me showing up for myself is saying, all right, you don't want to do that. That's absolutely fine. But do it and you'll feel better for you. You'll feel better like for yourself after. And if you don't, I'll buy you a hot chocolate <laughs> or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, we have to get used to to really talking to ourselves as if we are like our biggest fan and um, I wasn't doing that when I was 20 21 22 let alone or let alone 26 27 I wasn't doing that so that helped that those experiences and me looking back on those when writing the book helped helped me understand what I want to do going forward and this is why I speak so heavily in the book about negative self-talk and how we perceive ourselves and letting other people define us. You know, it's just, we have to be able to be our best friends because if we aren't our best friends to ourselves, how do our friends know how to show up for us? They won't. If you treat yourself badly and your friend is there trying to treat you well, but you're treating yourself badly, they it's gonna. They're gonna find it hard to be your friend because you can't do it. Mm. So, you know. And but if you treat yourself, the respect and the love and the compassion that you know you deserve, 
then yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like treat treating yourself how you would treat a friend or like a little child, because you're never going to be mean to a little child, are you? Unless you're like just a complete. Unless you're Matilda's parents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're never gonna, yeah. you know. You'd like to think you wouldn't be mean to a child. So it's like if you can treat yourself with that same love and same empathy, and really catch yourself when you're not doing that, which I think is super important. You can, yeah. you can you know become aware of how you are talking to yourself and then it's like that impacts how you show up in every other area of your life like that relationship you have with yourself creates a relationship you have with everyone else for sure for sure um so yeah man look i think that's a really great message to to end this conversation on i think that's for me it was one of the really big takeaways from the book really was not just about be comfortable with with being open to emotions but also really check in with how you're treating yourself in many ways Mm. um and i think that yeah like that that's a really powerful message but if there's one one message for you that you would like people to really take from you know picking up the book and giving it a read what would that be that you're not alone and a lot of people that a lot of initial first readers um have come back to me and i and they've kind of said that you know they've 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 loved what it is and um women have come back and said that even though they're not the target audience they have resonated with Mm. with some stuff in there The main thing that I want to really drive home is to recognize that people are not alone. We're not alone in this. No. I think the, the, the more we start to think about how to collaborate and work together, and you know this is the way that we operate. Like we collaborate on conversation, on ideas and things. When we need each other, we know where to lean on um, and just kind of figure out like guys people listening yeah i bombard alex with questions about tech and <laughs> and socials and all of this stuff like persistently on a week by week basis of some in some nature in some way shape or form right and it's about learning and knowing how you collaborate with one another and um and that's why, and that's and that's what I love, man. And it's just when we start to when we start to really take that take that from ours out of ourselves, and we really kind of use that love that we are building for ourselves, and kind of really try to connect with another person and build up together, we can make such we can make such amazing change. And um, I think when we start waking up to this individuality thing, this individuality myth, mm-hmm. like. It doesn't make sense. We've all seen Avatar. We've all seen the Navi. We've all seen the Navi, and like and the Omotakaya people, right? I'm only saying because I've just watched it this week. <laughs> the Omotakaya people and how connected they are to the nature and the universe and each other and one another, the essential life force, all of this stuff. You know, that's a lesson for how we. That's a lesson for kind of like what we have lost <laughs> here. It's a lesson for what we have lost here or what we have been losing. Not like what we've lost, but what we've been losing over generations. 
um, we need to really get back to that connectivity and that connectedness. So, yeah, we are not alone in thinking about love, belonging and connection. It's about really just pulling ourselves together so that we can experience it together. And it's weird that it's taken a virus mm-hmm. for us to really have a shared experience across the world and still be divided. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Bizarre. Mad. Um, but yeah, man, look, I think, you know, I, I'm I'm really, like, proud of you for, for what you've written and what you've put down there, like the things that you've shared, the messages that you've got across, the other people that you've spoken to. Um, I think the book's going to have a lot of... Um, positive influence on a lot of people both men and women because it's not just a book for men it's i'm going to give a copy to my girlfriend as well because i know she's interested in that stuff um so yeah man like i'm really proud and also also i haven't even kind of really finished reading it earlier today if i'm honest like the last couple pages but i was really um surprised and humbled to get a, a mention in there as well i was like reading it i wasn't expecting it i was like oh Oh, he's t- oh, that's me he's talking about. So, yeah, man, I appreciate that as well. <laughs> no, man, and yeah, man, and you know, you've been an instrumental and important part of my life. And yeah, man, you had to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate um, that, man. And I love you as well for that because it's yeah. uh, really put a smile on my face because, you know, you didn't even like, tell me. I was like reading it. I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I forgot. But... <laughs> <laughs> but also yeah like I mean I went through it and I did go through it once it was published and I did have a look and I was like wow like these are all the guys mm. these are like you know my best men you know like just guys just just come forward and are doing such amazing and great stuff so yeah man as long as I'm here I'm gonna keep my foot on your neck and be like keep going bro <laughs> keep doing it you know likewise man I'm 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 looking forward to the next book already, makes. I know you've got more in you. Um, I stupidly I said the other day that I've got 10 books in me to a friend and I was like, okay, damn, the two down, eight to go. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> you definitely have. You definitely do. Um, and I look forward to and I look forward to reading those. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. But look, to, to sign out, do you want to let people know where they can find out more about you, where they can find you on socials, where they can yeah. get the book and, you know, all that good stuff there? Yeah, just head over to alexholmes.co. So that's alex, H-O-L-M-E-S dot co. And everything's there. Um, book. Um, Instagram is by Alex Holmes on Instagram. Um, I have a newsletter that comes out every Friday called Feel Good Friday. So if you go to the website, you just you just sign up there. Um you know, coaching, everything is on that website. It's just all in one place, nice and easy for you just to kind of get access to. And um, yeah, and just 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 let me know. Um, just let me know uh, what you want to know, what you want to hear. And um, yeah, man, and don't feel afraid to kind of reach out to me. I'm, I'm here. DM me, message me, you know. Nice one. Well, look, man, appreciate you. I'll make sure I link up all of that down below. Um, Thank you for the time today. And yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, where the the journey of this book takes you and and other people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So am I. (laughs) Thank you so much, Alex. Pleasure. So there we have it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Alex Holmes. Um, I think this is a really powerful one. I think there's a lot of really powerful messages in there, particularly towards the end when we're talking about you know, 
passing on these messages to the youth because the youth are the ones who are going to be growing up with with you know potentially a new environment and they're going to be the men of tomorrow which i think is super powerful so if you enjoyed this episode i would love to know what you got from it if there's anything you learned if there's something that really landed for you that really connected for you then let me know and all you have to do is just hit me up on instagram at i am alex manzi or on tiktok with the same handle and i'd love to hear what you guys get from these episodes and what you learned from this episode today And if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode, then be sure to send them the link or even a screenshot because it's really important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this. I started this podcast to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing this episode with someone you know today and even send them a little personal message on why you think they should listen to it. I'd like to thank Ryan Nile from Pure Creation Media for producing and editing this episode and I want to thank you for listening as ever. I will see you for the next episode.